Welcome to the Innovation in Government show sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month, we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now, here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to Innovation in Government. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Juliana Vita, the Chief Technical Advisor for Public Sector at Splunk. Juliana, welcome to the discussion. Thank you. Let me set some context for our discussion. The latest data on IT modernization efforts across government shows a lot of good news. If you look at key performance indicators, the Office of Management and Budget released as part of the President's Management Agenda, you'll see 75% of all agency email is in the cloud. That's up 3% over the December 2018 results. If you look at the latest Federal IT Acquisition Reform Act, or FATARA scorecard, you'll see more grades of A than ever before. Agencies really took the requirement to manage their software licenses to heart, with 20 of 24 agencies receiving the highest letter grades for that effort. Additionally, 14 of 24 agencies received A's or B's in the areas of portfolio reviews and transparency and risk management. So obviously, there's a lot of progress. The biggest surprise from both OMB's IT modernization results and the FATARA scorecard is around cybersecurity. Both of these reviews indicate agencies continue to struggle with securing their networks and their data. Under FATARA, for example, there were three A's and four B's, so seven out of 24 show they're doing well. Under the PMA, Key Performance Metrics, OMB says there have been more progress on specific initiatives like software and hardware asset management, where 17 and 16 agencies respectively have met those goals. But you see continued struggles around important protections like intrusion detection and prevention and authorization management capabilities. And if you remember, the whole reason agencies are on this modernization journey in the first place is because of the stark realization back in 2015 that old systems, what we call technical debt, was really hard to protect and only getting harder. So while there's hope, there's also opportunity. And once again, that's where our guest comes in to tell us how agencies can take advantage of all those opportunities. My guest is Juliana Vita, the Chief Technical Advisor, Public Sector for Splunk. So Juliana, let's start at the beginning, IT modernization. What are you seeing? What are you hearing when you talk to agency customers? Where are they in this journey? One thing I'd like to do is kind of step back and just talk about what modernization is. By definition, it's a process of adapting something to modern needs or habits. Let's look at Netflix. So Netflix did this. They adjusted to people's modern needs and habits of staying at home for entertainment. Blockbuster, on the other hand, simply adjusted their legacy store-based model. So Netflix is now a tech giant and Blockbuster is out of business. Like Netflix, agencies and government should adapt faster to the changing needs and habits of today's Americans. They want good service for the taxes they use, they pay, and services that are easy to access and use. You make an interesting point about the Netflix versus Blockbuster. You know, the, 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 here's a trivia question for you. There's one Blockbuster store left. I do. Where is it? Is it Cleveland? No. Alaska. But it's in the Midwest. Alaska. Oh, yeah. What? It's the last one. Did not know that. I and, knew there and, was one. <laughs> and I think, I think, but the point you're making, I think, is really important because what Netflix has done, and, and this is what agencies are moving toward, is this idea of this DevOps culture, this yep. idea of yep. you're always modernizing. You're not just saying, okay, we got to a point, we're done. Exactly. So, so when you guys have that in, in discussion with agencies, talk about how are they executing on their IT modernization plans? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What I see often is, um, getting back to this, you know, adapting to modern needs and habits, that's for across the board. That's people's, how they live and work. That's how they think. That's how what their mindset is. And what I see, what we see is, of course, we're a tech company. So we see a lot of focus on the tech. But personally, and this is one of the reasons they brought me to Splunk, because I have a view from being a Fed myself and a retired veteran, is that there's more to the picture. There's more to the story. And it's about culture change and mindset shift and having a vision, really. 
the vision should be modernization to execute on the mission. So in the case of NASA, for example, the mission is, you know, exploring space and putting people, putting people in space. It isn't data center consolidation. So when we talk with agencies and customers, we try to tie their technical needs to the mission. And that's really the only way to be successful. And that includes keeping people educated, making sure they get training opportunities, making sure that they see themselves as part of the future vision and not just doing the same job that they've done for the last however many years because things are changing too fast. I think that's underlying the point of tie tech needs to mission. I hear that more and more from the chief information officers and other federal executives. They're asking more questions about what the customer needs. We've heard a lot about user-centered design and the customer experience and user experience. And I think that's a key piece. So as you have those conversations, where do agencies need to go to really kind of grasp that concept of tying tech to mission? Sometimes I find myself thinking, well, we're all customers of the government. We know what, what citizens want. We want better services. We want... Think of it like every other service that you get out in your in your personal life. You get that survey and it says, rate us on a scale of 1 to 10, but please give us a 10. Government should be thinking about that. Citizens deserve that same level of service. It isn't really a mystery. And the thing about people is that we, we like to say what we want. So we do surveys and we chat online and we post on our social media. But a lot of that information that citizens are giving is lost. It's not harnessed. It's not harvested. It's not used for any purpose. And frankly, that's what Splunk does. We go in and we can kind of suck up all that content that's coming in from whatever source and make it usable so that the government can actually make decisions on it and move faster. I definitely want to go down the path of the data discussion. I'm going to push back on you for a sec, right? Mm -hmm. And you say we're all the customers. But I think there's a theory or a belief that if we're all the customers, nobody's the customer. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of agencies really do focus on who is my customer. They have Mm -hmm. to answer that question first. And then it can't be everyone. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if it's agriculture, there's a big push at the agriculture yeah. department on farmers, right? And we've seen a lot of the centers of excellence and IT modernization efforts around farmers.gov. Mm-hmm. But if you look at NOAA or the National Weather Service, we all want to know about the weather. Mm-hmm. So their customers are different, too. When you talk to agencies, how do you kind of get them to focus on, and this goes maybe the data question, what's the most important customer or who is your P1s, as we call them in radio. So you're right. I mean, each customer, farmers are not as important to NASA as they are to USDA, for example. But again, I go back to most federal agencies have a website. They have a presence. They have communities of interest where they engage with whoever their core customer is. But the problem is that whatever information is coming from that customer community is often not leveraged, not leveraged in a way that informs policy or informs technology buying decisions or informs future strategy. It's kind of out there as a nice to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The farmers are talking about this in their in their community chats and, and uh, you know, in their trade publications. But we're going to just keep doing this over here on the policy and strategy side when really they should be married up. People are sharing information. It's just that agencies have had, they've struggled with how do they capture that? How do they capture what's being given to them, frankly, freely, and use it to make better decisions and take action. Does that, that clarify that a little bit? It does, and but it leads me to the next question, of course. How do they do it, right? right. Where yeah. does, and, and, and please, let's start with, where's the cloud fit into this? Because we yeah. have to bring in the cloud as a discussion point. I'm glad you mentioned the cloud, because like... I, I have to mention uh, the cloud. <laughs> yeah. We cannot not mention it. Right, right. Ahead. So the cloud, artificial intelligence, 
machine learning, RPA, all these and like big mature capabilities, they all rely on big data sets. Without good data, an AI system cannot cannot mature, cannot learn, cannot adapt. So it all goes back down to the data source. And that's you know, that's the space that, that Splunk and, and others in our in our um, industry we play in. But often what we see, what what I've seen as a federal government employee myself and then, you know, through industry is that the data piece has kind of been pushed off to the side because it's hard. There's privacy issues. There's legal issues. There's it, it's hard. So like data strategy, data strategy has been slow to come along because that's the hard piece. But without getting your arms around that, you're not going to get to a real efficient cloud instance or a hybrid cloud where you've got some on-prem and some in the cloud or some commercial cloud and some gov cloud. You've got to focus on the base. You know, it's it's like building a house on sand, you know, that old analogy. It's the same exact thing. So the technologies are there, but without the right focus on harnessing, capturing, analyzing, and using the right data, they're sub-optimized. In fact, the federal chief information officer, Suzette Kent, recently spoke at an event where she talked about cloud, but then she tagged it back to the data strategy that OMB just released mm-hmm. and really put a finer point on it that says the data strategy can help you with your IT modernization. The data strategy can get you to the cloud faster. And I think that's kind of the point you're making yeah. is you have to know what you have. You have to know where it can go, where it can live, and, and what the privacy and security around it must look like. And then once you know those things, then you can modernize. Is yeah. that the kind of the point you're making? Too? Exactly. Exactly. I was so glad that she made that point because that's that's true. However, the devil's in the details. So the strategy is fantastic. It gives agencies, you know, a way to kind of think about, OK, I have to know, understand my data to move forward. But it helps industry react and provide the right solutions. The The challenge that we often see is how agencies and organizations will then go about capturing their data, what vendors they're going to partner with, what um, technologies and capabilities do they really need. Those details are really, really important. You know, it's one thing to have a 10-year modernization plan, for example, or five-year like the DOD just just came out with. It's another thing to empower the agencies and the operators within those agencies to go after the technologies they need, to get out there and talk to the vendors and quickly get those capabilities because they're moving too fast. And so, in my opinion, one of the biggest challenges is just all the, well, I'll just say it, all the bureaucracy that's in place, the paperwork, the processes, the approvals, the that is old legacy thinking. That is not the thinking that is going to get the right capabilities into the hands of users, citizens, warfighters, and, you know, those who want to make the world a better place. And this, in fact, tags back to the beginning of a conversation that you made to, to really set us up, which is culture change, different yeah. way of thinking. It's not just, hey, go buy this new capability. It's really all about think about how you want to serve the citizen yeah. differently. And in many ways, you'll probably tell us data leads the way. Data is your path down that to, to really make improvements. It is. You know, the old saying, Peter Drucker said, culture eats strategy for breakfast. It is true. It is absolutely true. Um, And what does that mean when we say culture? Culture is the way we do things around here. It's how we treat people. It's how we empower them and motivate them. And I think the words kind of intimidate people and they shouldn't. You know, if if I'm a career government civil servant, but I've only ever been, you know, doing budget analysis and I hear well, you need to learn about the cloud and you need to learn about AI and ML and data, I might immediately turn off and figure, well, I don't have a place here. 
and I'm just going to keep doing my thing that I've always done. That is not motivating to people. People want to have purpose. They want to see themselves in the vision of the organization. And this is a great opportunity. I, I think that's the best thing about the, the focus on government modernization is what an opportunity to re-energize your workforce. Give them new things to learn. Give them new things to do. And people will respond. They want to come to work and make a difference. But that's all about mm. setting the right culture of innovation, allowing people to get the education and training that they need. Send them to the conference. Let them go to those senior level meetings where usually only the senior executives or flag and general officers go. Take others with you so they can learn and not have to basically call themselves out for, I don't know this stuff. You need to teach me. Let it happen to them organically. And people will respond. It's, it's cool stuff. They want to be a part of it. One of the biggest challenges you hear is this term culture. It gets thrown around all the time. Over the last 20 years, I've heard, well, it's not the technology that's the problem. It's the culture is mm -hmm. the problem. So I think we have maybe a little bit of crying wolf syndrome because mm -hmm. we've been talking about culture yeah. for so long. Just real quick, are you seeing a culture change happening in government with this IT modernization, with the cybersecurity, with this push for data? Yeah. Back to Suzette Kent and uh, you know the policies and strategies that have come out from the government. I am so happy to see that workforce cultivating talent are a part of that strategy. They're not left out for people to just go figure out. It, it is front and center. This culture and workforce transformation is part of the, the modernization roadmap, and you have to pay attention to it. The technology is there, just like you said, and it's evolving and people are out there wanting to help the government get better. But without people in the environment feeling like they can actually grab it and use it and they know how to use it, it's going to be useless. So, again, I'm glad to see that government leaders are adding that piece into their strategy and policies moving forward. On that note, let's take a quick break. We can come back and jump into that data question. You're listening to Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. The public sector is feeling the disruption of modernization and cloud migration initiatives as they shift their IT environments. However, this doesn't have to be an uphill battle. With Splunk's data-driven approach, agencies are gaining powerful real-time insights to help them make fast, confident decisions to help drive successful modernization initiatives, optimize resources, deliver superior citizen experiences, and meet mission requirements. Learn how at Splunk.com slash public sector. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion, Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest is Juliana Vita, the Chief Technical Advisor for Public Sector at Splunk. Juliana, before break, we were talking a little bit about data and, and this idea of it's all about the data. And it's something we've been hearing, I think, for the last 15 years or so about agencies really needing to take the data, use it to make decisions. And I think agencies are getting better, but they're there's so much of all the areas of IT modernization, of all the areas that we've talked about so far, that's the one area that they have the most to go. So since Splunk is known as a data management company, that is your key focus area, how do we get better with the data? One of the things that I think is not really realized across the government is um, a couple years ago, and, and still now, there's this concept of shadow IT. It's all the equipment that and, and funding, frankly, or spent expenditures that no one knew where they were. You know, it's just money is spent over here. We don't know where it is in, in relation to IT. Or people are bringing their own devices and we lost control of them and we, we don't have a grasp on the environment. Well, this, the same thing is true for data. So there is data flowing through systems all over the place from all different sources. And we know from surveys and reports that really only about 
30 to 40 percent of that data is ever actually used. So part of the challenge is that there is all of this untapped dark data, as we call it, that could be helping to drive better decisions, but it's never discovered. So part of what the Splunk platform does is gather up all that data from whatever source it comes from. But let me actually make, let me give an example to make it real for people about how does data drive decisions. And I'm going to use the opioid epidemic. We're all familiar with that. It's, it's a sad story. It's kind of out of control. But we have a customer who's a major hospital in New York who they've been a Splunk customer for years, but mostly they've used us for security, which is what a lot of us, our customers grew up using us for. But we've evolved into a full platform. Well, their security team started to realize that the same data that they were looking at to find patterns in cybersecurity and where there might be an intrusion or somebody's trying to hack into the system, that same data could be used to identify patterns in the pharmacy to identify which hospital employees were opening the drug cabinets more frequently than others, which ones were prescribing opioids to people who weren't even patients in the hospital. And so in meetings with other leaders from the hospital, they brought this up and said, you know, we have all the access to all this data, which previously was siloed. You know, you've got your IT people, you've got your pharmacy people, you've got your, you know, patient intake people. But now the IT people were seeing all these, all these patterns. And they were able to help the pharmacy in a way that the pharmacy employees weren't empowered to do. And they started to be able to target, you know, maybe potential employees that were part of the problem. And and they're starting to get a hold on at least the prescription part of the opioid crisis. And that's real progress. That is changing the world. And that's what we mean by taking data to make decisions and take action. And now, as a partner with them, Splunk is creating custom applications to provide that capability to other hospitals. And we're doing the same thing with the federal government. We have an RMF and FISMA compliance application that makes that process automated and quicker. A lot of your listeners can relate to that. So we're using the input that we're getting from our customers to create products that are useful to them. And I think that is a great example from there's data that was only being used for one thing, but wow, we can use it for so many others. Does that light bulb, if you will, go off for a lot of your federal customers too? Are you starting to see that from them where they're going, wait a minute, if we can take that data from the cyber or from this mission area and apply it to cyber or vice versa, what are you hearing from those government customers when it comes to the multiple uses of data? We're starting to see that. We see more of that in the commercial on the commercial side. But uh, frankly, that's why Splunk set up the role that I, I'm in. So I can go out and talk to customers about You've been using Splunk for IT operations or for security, but we've developed into this platform that you can also use for RMF compliance, or you can use for fraud detection, or you can use for student um, student loan, I don't know. Oversight. Oversight. Or, or Ex- just exactly. understanding exactly. which parts of the country are getting more student loans than others, and exactly. maybe there's a pattern there that they, yep. they can solve. We're starting that to, to go out there and talk to customers about how they can use Splunk in different ways. But we have so many great examples from commercial industry that are resonating with our customers, like the hospital and auto manufacturers and other things. That's definitely one of those areas where there's not enough kind of, if you will, the sharing. Yep. of Because what we're starting to see, and we hear from a lot of CIOs, and, and several of the CIOs also have been on the road trips to see their counterparts, the CIOs that talk about problems and challenges, is that they're, they're finding that their challenges are coming closer together. And I think they're doing that because they have a better grasp on the data. And, and just to tag back to the uh, Fitara scorecard that I mentioned, software licensing, perfect example. All of a sudden, 
All these agencies have gotten a hold of their software licenses and are seeing potential for cost savings and cybersecurity and now IT modernization. So we tag back to the beginning. Data is driving all that. And that's why this the, the, the power of the data is so important, not just to the federal CIO, but for all agencies. Discuss a little bit about that realization that you've been maybe that's been happening over the last few years. One thing that I've heard from my whole federal career and that what we certainly hear at Splunk is that, you know, we're, we're from the government. We're different. You know, we have different security needs and industry can't help us with that. We need to build our own. But now that leaders, CIOs are getting exposed to other commercial industries that do have security concerns, financial services, insurance, and they're starting to see it for themselves. The proof is out there and they're saying, oh, to your point, Jason, we do have common challenges. Maybe we should take a look into that. You know, maybe it's time to do it. Um, But going beyond just the using of data, I would say the automation of that data is really the key. It's taking those lower level tasks that currently Back to the people, a lot of the workforce is spending their time doing low-level tasks that are repeatable, they're mundane, they're just, you know, looking for patterns, doing reports. All of that can be automated and then free up the workforce to be looking at the hard problems, like the culture change, like the vision, like the, hey, where can we actually apply this to make our customer experience better? So the more you can automate those lower-level processes – that suck energy and time and resources and turn that energy into innovative behavior, that is a culture of, modern, of innovation leading to modernization. And we're starting to see that with, um, you know, government leaders getting out and talking about the people piece. The other piece of this, and you mentioned it earlier, is the emerging technologies or, or the, the, the quickly maturing technologies around robotics process automation is giving agencies that ability to get people away from those, if you will, low-skilled or, or low-value work and automate it, which then puts them into that position of higher value work, yep. better skilled work, and then they can start using the data to drive that decision making. And I think that's part of that culture change you mentioned, but it's also the key to IT modernization, move to the cloud. What are you, I know you guys maybe aren't in the RPA world, but do you say to them, hey, you have to have that data before you can go do an RPA? Is that also coming up in, in your discussions? Yeah, absolutely. So, these things are exciting. They're futuristic. They are powerful, RPA, AI, ML. But again, they all go back to data. And that's the conversation we have with customers, that you cannot get to that end state. Or you you can, but it'll be sub-optimized without really grasping the data, all of it, all the dark data that's flowing through your system, and then informing those tools, you know, informing that machine learning machine, Machine learning, <laughs> you know, machine to, learning machine, yeah, right. yeah, the, the <laughs> it's a thing. We call it a bot, and uh, <laughs> and then getting to an end state. And here's there's there's this uh, kind of quirky example that's thrown around about AI and um, and using a robot to create the best paperclip. So if you don't have the right data and you program into a robot, you know, make make me the best paperclip, it might end up actually deciding that well, the population of the world needs to be wiped out. Because then I can capture all the mines and all the resources and all the metal that's required to make the perfect paperclip, and I don't need people at all. Well, that's ridiculous. You know, that is not going to happen. But that's because the data put into the machine was incomplete, and it didn't include the importance of the people. And you get my point. I mean, it's, it was incomplete, and it came up with the entirely wrong result. And so that's like a doomsday example of what can go wrong if you don't actually include all the right data sets into these processes. And I want to go back to something you said earlier, which is a key point, is is the untapped dark data. 
how are agencies tapping into that? Because like Shadow IT, you mentioned, it's, it's not always, you don't know what you don't know. Well, this is actually Splunk's secret sauce. <laughs> so this is what we do. Is What's hard for agencies to get around in terms of the data is it has to be normalized. It has to be in a spreadsheet or it has to be in rows and columns or it has to be somehow structured in order to make use of it. Well, in Splunk, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't. It can be in any kind of format. And it's the, the Splunk that turns all of that incoming data from whatever source and turns it into something useful, turns it into readable dashboards, turns it into visual, other visualization tools that people can look at, human beings can look at and say, wow, that's weird. I want to look into that. Or, hey, look, that doctor is opening the drug cabinet too often and, and over prescribing opioids. They're really isn't another technology out there that does that. And um, we're seeing a lot of res- our customers see results right away. In fact, they, they just, they can't believe that it works that way. And then they use it and, uh, and it's getting them to decisions faster. Once you know what you didn't know previously, the whole world opens up in many ways because all of a sudden your data is richer and it's more valuable. And then the other piece that you brought up is the dashboard. And, and the first time you started to see this importance of the dashboard is under the continuous diagnostics and mitigation, the CDM program, but now we have this movement that everyone has a dashboard. If you look at the centers of excellence, there's a dashboard for customer service and a dashboard for data analytics. And, and I think that's part of the reason why this, this concept of data is moving more quickly than we've seen previously is because often people understand the data better and therefore they're not so scared from it. Exactly. And it's kind of like what you said about if every customer is important, then no customer is important. Or, you know, who are my customers? It's like that with all these visualization um, tools. It could be overwhelming. If I'm an executive or, you know, a senior executive or a flagger general officer, and I have so many dashboards to look at, I don't know which ones to look at. Well, the more people are comfortable with what those dashboards are and how they can customize them to their needs, the more they can tailor them to the ones they really need to make decisions. And, um, Getting people comfortable with that is all part of the modernization journey. It will make it so that they can move faster and also make it so that they are more successful. Exactly. That's what it comes down to. Uh, Juliana, this has been a fascinating conversation. We're just about out of time. Before I let you go, what's the main takeaway when, when people listen to this program? What do you hope that they walk away with besides it's all about the data, which I think we've been talking about now for, for 15 years? Right, right. Actually, uh, what I want them to take away is it. Cultivating talent and setting a culture of innovation should really be your top priorities. The tools and technology are out there, but until you empower other people to be a part of the, the modernization and feel excited about it and empower them to learn more and go out there and, and be part of the solution, the technology will only take you so far. Culture, people, put those at the top of your priority list and, and the data will come. The technology will come. Excellent advice. Uh, That's all the time we have for today. So let me thank my guest, Juliana Vita, the Chief Technical Advisor for Public Sector at Splunk. Juliana, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thanks, Jason. I'm Jason Miller. You've been listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search innovation. Thank you for listening to the Innovation in Government show sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. The entire discussion can be found on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com, keyword innovation. 
the public sector is feeling the disruption of modernization and cloud migration initiatives as they shift their IT environments. However, this doesn't have to be an uphill battle. With Splunk's data-driven approach, agencies are gaining powerful real-time insights to help them make fast, confident decisions to help drive successful modernization initiatives, optimize resources, deliver superior citizen experiences, and meet mission requirements. Learn how at Splunk.com slash public sector.